Chapter fifty two of the Men in the Iron Mask by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The King's Gratitude. The two men were on the point of darting towards each other when they suddenly and abruptly stopped, as a mutual recognition took place and each uttered a cry of horror. Have you come to assassinate me, monsieur? said the king when he recognized Fouquet the king in this state murmured the minister nothing could be more terrible indeed than the appearance of the young prince at the moment fouquet had surprised him his clothes were in tatters his shirt open and torn to rags was stained with sweat and with the blood which streamed from his lacerated breasts and arms haggard ghostly pale his hair in disheveled masses louis the fourteenth presented the most perfect picture of despair distress anger and fear combined that could possibly be united in one figure fouquet was so touched so affected and disturbed by it that he ran towards him with his arms outstretched and his eyes filled with tears louis held up the massive piece of wood of which he had made such a furious use sire said fouquet in a voice trembling with emotion do you not recognize the most faithful of your friends a friend you repeated louis gnashing his teeth in a manner which betrayed his hate and desire for speedy vengeance the most respectful of your servants added fouquet throwing himself on his knees the king let the rude weapon fall from his grasp Fouquet approached him, kissed his knees, and took him in his arms with unconceivable tenderness. "'My king, my child,' he said, "'how you must have suffered!' Louis, recalled to himself by the change of situation, looked at himself, and, ashamed of the disordered state of his apparel, ashamed of his conduct— and ashamed of the air of pity and protection that was shown towards him drew back fouquet did not understand this movement he did not perceive that the king's feeling of pride would never forgive him for having been a witness of such an exhibition of weakness come sire he said you are free free repeated the king oh you set me at liberty then after having dared to lift up your hand against me you do not believe that exclaimed fouquet indignantly you cannot believe me to be guilty of such an act and rapidly warmly even he related the whole particulars of the intrigue the details of which are already known to the reader while the recital continued louis suffered the most horrible anguish of mind and when it was finished the magnitude of the danger he had run struck him far more than the importance of the secret relative to his twin brother monsieur he said suddenly to fouquet this double birth is a falsehood it is impossible you cannot have been the dupe of it sire it is impossible i tell you that the honor the virtue of my mother can be suspected and my first minister has not yet done justice on the criminals reflect sire before you're hurried away by anger replied fouquet 
the birth of your brother i have only one brother and that is monsieur you know it as well as myself there is a plot i tell you beginning with the governor of the bastille be careful sire for this man has been deceived as everyone else has by the prince's likeness to yourself likeness absurd this marchiali must be singularly like your majesty to be able to deceive everyone's eye fouquet persisted ridiculous do not say so sire those who had prepared everything in order to face and deceive your ministers your mother your officers of state the members of your family must be quite confident of the resemblance between you but where are these persons then murmured the king at vaux at vaux and you suffer them to remain there my most instant duty appeared to me to be your majesty's release i have accomplished that duty and now whatever your majesty may command shall be done i await your orders louis reflected for a few moments muster all the troops in paris he said all the necessary orders are given for that purpose replied fouquet you have given orders exclaimed the king for that purpose yes sire your majesty will be at the head of ten thousand men in less than an hour the only reply the king made was to take hold of fouquet's hand with such an expression of feeling that it was very easy to perceive how strongly he had until that remark maintained his suspicions of the minister notwithstanding the latter's intervention and with these troops he said we shall go at once and besiege in your house the rebels who by this time will have established and entrenched themselves therein i should be surprised if that were the case replied fouquet why because their chief the very soul of the enterprise having been unmasked by me the whole plan seems to me to have been miscarried you have unmasked the false prince also no i have not seen him whom have you seen then the leader of the enterprise not that unhappy young man the latter is merely an instrument destined through his whole life to wretchedness i plainly perceive most certainly it is monsieur l'abbe d'herblay evectivan your friend he was my friend sire replied fouquet nobly an unfortunate circumstance for you said the king in a less generous tone of voice such friendship sire had nothing dishonorable in them so long as i was ignorant of the crime you should have foreseen it if i am guilty i place myself in your majesty's hands ah, monsieur fouquet it was not that i meant returned the king 
sorry to have shown the bitterness of his thought in such a manner well i assure you that notwithstanding the mask with which the villain covered his face i had something like a vague suspicion that he was the very man but with this chief of the enterprise there was a man of prodigious strength the one who menaced me with a force almost herculean what is he it must be his friend the baron du vallon formerly one of the musketeers the friend of d'artagnan the friend of the comte de la fere ha huh! exclaimed the king as he paused at the name of the latter we must not forget the connection that existed between the conspirators and monsieur de bragelonne sire sire do not go too far monsieur de la fere is the most honorable man in france be satisfied with those whom i deliver up to you with those whom you deliver up to me you say very good for you will deliver up those who are guilty to me what does your majesty understand by that inquired fouquet i understand replied the king that we shall soon arrive at vaux with a large body of troops that we will lay violent hands upon that nest of vipers and that not a soul shall escape your majesty will put these men to death cried fouquet to the very meanest of them oh sire let us understand one another monsieur fouquet said the king haughtily we no longer live in times when assassination was the only and the last resource kings held in reservation at extremity no heaven be praised i have parliaments who sit and judge in my name and i have scaffolds on which supreme authority is carried out fouquet turned pale i will take the liberty of observing to your majesty that any proceedings instituted respecting these matters would bring down the greatest scandal upon the dignity of the throne the august name of anne of austria must never be allowed to pass the lips of the people accompanied by a smile justice must be done however monsieur good sire but royal blood must not be shed upon a scaffold the royal blood you believe that cried the king with fury in his voice stamping his foot on the ground this double birth is an invention and in that invention particularly do i see monsieur d'herblay's crime it is the crime i wish to punish rather than the violence or the insult and punish it with death sire with death yes monsieur i have said it sire said the surintendant with firmness as he raised his head proudly your majesty will take the life if you please of your brother philippe of france that concerns you alone and you will doubtless consult the queen mother upon the subject whatever she may command will be perfectly correct 
i do not wish to mix myself up in it not even for the honor of your crown but i have a favor to ask of you and i beg to submit it to you speak said the king in no little degree agitated by his minister's last words what do you require the pardon of monsieur d'herblay and of monsieur du vallon my assassins two rebels sire that is all oh i understand then you ask me to forgive your friends my friends said fouquet deeply wounded your friends certainly but the safety of the state requires that an exemplary punishment should be inflicted on the guilty i will not permit myself to remind your majesty that i have just restored you to liberty and have saved your life monsieur i will not allow myself to remind your majesty that had monsieur d'herblay wished to carry out his character of an assassin he could very easily have assassinated your majesty this morning in the forest of senart and all would have been over the king started a pistol bullet through the head pursued fouquet and the disfigured features of louis the fourteenth which no one could have recognized would be monsieur d'herblay's complete and entire justification the king turned pale and giddy at the bare idea of the danger he had escaped if monsieur d'herblay continued fouquet had been an assassin he had no occasion to inform me of his plan in order to succeed freed from the real king it would have been impossible in all futurity to guess the false and if the usurper had been recognized by anne of austria he would still have been her son the usurper as far as monsieur d'herblay's conscience was concerned was still a king of the blood of louis the thirteenth moreover the conspirator in that course would have had security secrecy impunity a pistol bullet would have procured him all of that for the sake of heaven sire grant me his forgiveness the king instead of being touched by the picture so faithfully drawn in all details of aramis's generosity felt himself most painfully and cruelly humiliated his unconquerable pride revolted at the idea that a man had held suspended at the end of his finger the thread of his royal life every word that fell from fouquet's lips and which he thought most efficacious in procuring his friend's pardon seemed to pour another drop of poison into the already ulcerated heart of louis the fourteenth nothing could bend or soften him addressing himself to fouquet he said i really don't know monsieur why you should solicit the pardon of these men what good is there in asking that which can be obtained without solicitation i do not understand you sire 
it is not difficult either where am i now in the bastille sire yes in a dungeon i am looked upon as a madman am i not yes sire and no one is known here but machiali certainly well change nothing in the position of affairs let the poor madman rot between the slimy walls of the bastille and monsieur d'herblay and monsieur du vallon will stand in no need of my forgiveness their new king will absolve them your majesty does me a great injustice sire and you are wrong replied fouquet dryly i am not child enough nor is monsieur d'herblay silly enough to have omitted to make all these reflections and if i had wished to make a new king as you say i had no occasion to have come here to force open the gates and doors of the bastille to free you from this place that would show a want of even common sense your majesty's mind is disturbed by anger otherwise you would be far from offending groundlessly the very one of your servants who has rendered you the most important service of all louis perceived that he had gone too far that the gates of the bastille were still closed upon him whilst by degrees the floodgates were gradually being opened behind which the generous-hearted fouquet had restrained his anger i did not say that to humiliate you heaven knows monsieur he replied only you are addressing yourself to me in order to obtain a pardon and i answer according to my conscience and so judging by my conscience the criminals we speak of are not worthy of consideration or forgiveness fouquet was silent what i do is as generous added the king as what you have done for i am in your power i will even say it is more generous inasmuch as you place before me certain conditions upon which my liberty my life may depend and to reject which is to make a sacrifice of both i was wrong certainly replied fouquet yes i had the appearance of extorting a favor i regret it and i entreat your majesty's forgiveness and you are forgiven my dear monsieur fouquet said the king with a smile which restored the serene expression of his features which so many circumstances had altered since the preceding evening i have my own forgiveness replied the minister with some degree of persistence but monsieur d'herblay and monsieur du vallon they will never obtain theirs as long as i live replied the inflexible king do me the kindness not to speak of it again your majesty shall be obeyed and you will bear me no ill-will for it oh no sire for i anticipated the event you had anticipated that i should refuse to forgive those gentlemen certainly 
and all my measures were taken in consequence. "'What do you mean to say?' cried the king, surprised. "'Monsieur d'Herblay came, as may be said, to deliver himself into my hands. Monsieur d'Herblay left to me the happiness of saving my king and my country. I could not condemn Monsieur d'Herblay to death, nor could I, on the other hand, expose him to your majesty's justifiable wrath it would have been just the same as if i had killed him myself well and what have you done sire i gave monsieur d'herblay the best horses in my stables and four hours start over all those your majesty might probably dispatch after him be it so murmured the king but still the world is wide enough and large enough for those whom i may send to overtake your horses notwithstanding the four hours start which you have given to monsieur d'herblay in giving him these four hours sire i knew i was giving him his life and he will save his life in what way after having galloped as hard as possible with the four hours start before your musketeers he will reach my chateau of belle-isle where i have given him a safe asylum that may be but you forget that you have made me a present of belle-isle but not for you to arrest my friends you take it back again then as far as that goes yes sire my musketeers shall capture it and the affair will be at an end neither your musketeers nor your whole army could take belle-isle said fouquet coldly belle-isle is impregnable the king became perfectly livid a lightning flash seemed to dart from his eyes Fouquet felt that he was lost, but he is not one to shrink when the voice of honor spoke loudly within him. He bore the king's wrathful gaze, the latter swallowed his rage, and after a few moments' silence said, "'Are we going to return to Vaux?' "'I am at your majesty's orders,' replied Fouquet with a low bow. "'But I think that your majesty can hardly dispense—' with changing your clothes previous to appearing before your court we shall pass by the louvre said the king come and they left the prison passing before baisemeaux who looked completely bewildered as he saw marchiali once more leave and in his helplessness tore out the major portion of his few remaining hairs it was perfectly true however that Fouquet wrote and gave him an authority for the prisoner's release, and that the king wrote beneath it, Seen and approved, Louis. A piece of madness that Baisemeaux, incapable of putting two ideas together, acknowledged by giving himself a terrible blow on the forehead with his own fist. End of chapter 52 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia